Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S, that is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this last day of the year with me. Today, we're going to talk about stuff that we have to do because, as we know, starting on January 20th, what happens? We have a new administration, and with that new administration, we have a, I hate to put it this way, but, but to put it as blunt as possible, we now effectively have terrorism against the United States. Oh, that is kind of right-wing type language, right? Oh, terrorism against the United States by a new president. But hey, what can I say? Uh, that, that is hyperbole, but it kind of sounded, it, it is sort of the thing, believe it or not, that I think we are going to have to do uh, going forward in 2017 to get our point across, because unless you get somehow noticed, all the good information, all the good stuff that you're telling folks that need to be done, won't, the media won't touch it. A lot of the bloggers, the bad bloggers won't touch it. And worst of all, much of the population won't click on the stories that you need to tell them if you somehow first do not get your attention. So maybe, um, I hate to say this, but I think we're going to have to start using some hyperbole to get people's attention. And after we get their attention, we can then give the real narrative, the real talking points, the real things that we are going to have to do to fight this administration that is uh, that is going to be that, that that we have now. What is this, uh, on Facebook Live? Let's see. You're asking what is the site address for this show? The site address, the website is politicsdoneright.com. Again, the, the website is politicsdoneright.com, and right now you're on the, the Facebook page is. Uh, Politics Done Right uh, with Egberto Willis. Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis. You can find that picture. And by the way, if you're listening now, please go ahead and give a like to the page because we want to build this page. I think we're uh, on one of our pages. I think we're at 30,000 folks. And the other page, we are this particular page, we're at 5,000 something folks. Let's go ahead and build this baby up because we have to get noticed. And if you're watching this video, please as well, tag it, share it, because what we want to do is have an informed populace that's going to work effective next tomorrow. Not effective anytime later. We have to start tomorrow because what's going to happen is Paul Ryan is going to be, Paul Ryan, everybody thinks Donald Trump is in charge. Donald Trump is not in charge. It is Paul Ryan that is in charge along with the plutocracy, of course, and their intent, intent is what? They want to do is get this stuff out early before we can build a movement to counteract it, to get the, those, those particular marginal Republicans scared to act. Because remember, we can actually get this stuff done. We can actually prevent them from blocking, prevent them from repealing this law if we allow people to know the danger that their health care is really in. So by the way, what are we going to talk about today? If this were a, well, let, 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 let's start, let, let's start this way. Let's start with the, the preamble. And it goes as follows. It goes as follows. Time is of essence. It is not time to be recriminating the Trump voter. Again, I want to reiterate that. It is not the time now to, to, to really go against the Trump voter and to tell them how, whatever they are, it is time 
this is time now to make them allies. Recent interviews, many of them have given on cable and national TV, make it clear that there are common interests some of them are ready to fight for. We should do it, and we should do it now. We can work with Trump allies. Those folks that have voted for Trump out of a, you know, they just, they just wanted to stick it to Hillary, we can work with them. Those folks who really were having it hard and just thought they wanted a change, even though we know the change isn't right, we can work with them. Look, you're not trying to have a love fest with those people. You're not trying to get new friends. We're trying for a common purpose. We're trying to make things better for each of us. So what I want to reiterate to people, it is not at all time to just go ahead and dog the Trump voter. A lot of them made mistakes. They legitimately made mistakes. I've personally spoken to Trump voters who've told me, oh my God, if I knew that, I would not have done that. Suddenly now that Obamacare is really at risk, many of the news media itself as well, they are starting to bring some of these guys on air to let them know, oh my God, I didn't realize that the coal, the black lungs coal, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit in the blog of the week. So I, I want you guys to, look, Trump is president. He's our president now, our president. No, notice I'm not even going to go on the thing as he's not my president. I don't like that hashtag, I'll be honest with you, because I didn't like it when they did it against President Obama. I didn't, because we have to accept that, you know, we just didn't run the race we should. We know that the Russians helped and all that good stuff. But let's be frank. The man is going to be president for four years. What we need to make sure is that he's not president for eight years because we can't let progressive values slide back. We cannot allow progressive values to, to be driven back again. That's the only thing that moves this country forward. Every instant this country has moved forward, it's because of progressive liberal values. Even conservatives have benefited from progressive liberal values. So what they're trying to conserve right now, many a times, it is liberal values as it wasn't at their inception. So, you know, we don't need to get into terminologies here, but what we want to do is make sure that we have the truth. But you know, folks, what I, want, what I really want us to do, I really want us to be pragmatic I don't want us to sit back. Uh, well, it's a little more dangerous than you're speaking about. You may need to explain that to me, um, what, what you mean, Bo Campbell. But, um, but what I want to say is this. I want us to be cognizant. I really want us to be cognizant of and keep our eye on the ball. Dogging the Trump voter is not keeping our eye on the ball. Making a Trump voter our enemy or giving them our disdain is not keeping our eyes on the ball. The Trump voter is a human being like anybody else. And all of us, every single one of us, we can, we can, any one of us can make mistakes, any one of us, can put in a bad vote. And if we want to be honest with ourselves, a lot of times when we make bad decisions, we want to justify it as long as possible. We don't want to just come out and say, damn it, I'm wrong. So remember, that's a human trait. A lot of us have learned to overcome that, but it's a human trait. So let's give that space to the Trump voter who many have already realized and have been willing to say that they've made a mistake. But folks, do you know what time it is? It's time for the weekly blog post. Okay. The weekly blog post. Weekly blog post. Hey, and by the way, for all those newcomers that are coming to the show, please remember, like the page that you're on. Please like the page. We need to grow the audience. And also, and both the audience on Facebook Live, on, on Blog Talk Radio, and on air. Remember, we also do this show on KPFT 90.1 FM, 
in Houston, Texas, or you can also get it at kpft.org. So we're all over the place, and we're going to be moving this as well on other domains. I have some other plans that I'm working on. In fact, we're looking at making this more than twice a week. So we may be, we, we may be going, go, do, go, doing a few more things. But anyway, the blog of the week is called Krugman Explains Why Republicans Must Kill Obamacare and Kill It Early. Subtitle, I won't go into that yet, but it goes as follows. If this were a movie, if this were a movie, no one would believe it. How do you hurt the people? How do you cause the death of your constituents knowingly? I'm not talking about Republicans who um, they just believe what they hear, that Obamacare is bad and it's not working. It is working, but they believe it's not working. So they're, they're, it is okay for them. It is okay for them to make a mistake. But those leaders, Paul Ryan and all the other Republicans who are leaders, they know the truth. They know they will kill people, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nobel Prize winning economist Paul Krugman explained. Well, he sort of explained it anyway. Uh, It is a fact that Obamacare saved the lives and economics of millions of Americans. Yet, many of those millions voted for a man intent on repealing it. I am sure many have heard the story about a dog with a bone in his mouth walking over a bridge crossing a river. The dog sees the reflection of the bone in that water. Because of optics, the reflection of the bone is substantially larger than the bone itself. What does the dog do? He drops the bone and jumps to get the bigger bone. Surprise, surprise, the bigger bone is not real. It's not real. So what we have here is a Republican Party selling on reality to its constituents. And a lot of us progressives back here, we sit down and all we say is, how can they be so stupid to see that? How can they do that? How can they just fall for it? Hey, it's possible, man. I've fallen for a lot in my younger years. I've fallen for a lot. It is possible. That is what caught many of the Trump voters. Elizabeth Parker lays it out well in her article titled, Trump voters in coal country worried they've voted away their health care. And she writes, quote, contrary to what many of us liberals think, Trump voters in coal country aren't dumb. They know they've screwed without, they, they know they're screwed without health care. They know they get it through Obamacare, and they know the GOP is chomping at the bit to repeal it. They know that. They understand that. So why the hell? Did so many of them vote for Donald Trump? Because he said what Hillary won't and can't without lying. He promised to bring their lost coal mining jobs back. And when push comes to shove, coal country votes down, or rather coal country voters don't want Obamacare. They want well-paying jobs with health care, paid vacation, and all those other great benefits so many of us don't so many of us don't get any more. Let me kind of explain what Elizabeth is saying in a bit. Elizabeth is saying, no, they don't want Obamacare, which is sort of a, a stopgap. It's not the best health care. It's not the best of anything. And, uh, and it, gives a lot of, uh, it gives a lot of benefits to the, the, the poor and the indigent who never had health care before. What they want is their entitlement. That job that used to give great health care, that job that used to give great vacations, that job that used to give all those good things, they want that back. They think they can have that back. They don't want no stinking Obamacare. They think they can have those jobs back. But you know what? Many of us already know those jobs are permanently gone. They are gone not because of Obamacare, not because of Obama. They're gone because of Bush, Clinton, Reagan, what they've done with the, the, the free trade agreements and all these other things that have stolen jobs away from the United States. They want that back, which isn't coming. Obamacare said, look, since we've screwed you with these jobs, we at least want to have you healthy. We at least want to give you the option. So this is what you have. You have Obamacare that makes sure you just don't drop dead, that makes, makes, makes sure all of these things are true. But these coal miners don't understand that because the people that, they, that have their ears, the people that they're listening to, won't tell them that. 
They won't tell them that their lives are screwed, not because of Obamacare, not because of those people that are dependent on Obamacare because they don't have any other choice, that they don't have the privilege of having had those good paying jobs. That's not what they want to hear. That's not what their leaders will tell them. Their re- leaders rather lie to them and tell them what's the truth, what's not the truth, when the truth is really the transfer of wealth from the, the, the middle class, the poor, up the ladder, through all kinds of mechanisms that doesn't seem like wealth transfer, but it is. And if you followed some of my blogs, you see exactly what I'm talking about. You see exactly how this wealth transfer occurs. Anyhow, continuing. But we all know they aren't getting their cold jobs back. And what? And with a completely Republican-dominated federal government, they are apt to lose their health care as well. And that will only happen if we don't activate, if we don't get on the phones and say, hey, we know what you're doing now. Don't give me that crap about repealing, but holding back for four years and after the election, then really sucking it to them, which is what they intend to do. Which is what they intend to do. They don't intend to, they intend to repeal immediately so they can come and say, we repealed it. And then they tend to kill the taxes right away so they can give the fat cats their tax, their huge tax break. But uh oh, after the election, then we'll drop it all. We don't mind deficit spending if we're giving money away to the wealthy. We don't mind deficit spending then. Paul Krugman explains the Republican pathology that allows them to put Americans' lives at risk. And of course, it has to do with tax cuts for the rich. He points out that it is working and that this year was likely a one-time adjustment in price. And it goes as follows. To appreciate the good news about Obamacare, you need to understand where the earlier bad news came from. Premiums on the exchanges, the insurance marketplaces created by the Affordable Care Act did indeed rise sharply this year because insurers were losing money. But this wasn't because of a surge in overall medical costs at all. This wasn't, that's not the reason, which have risen much more slowly since the act was passed then or passed than they did before. It reflected instead the mix of people signing up, fewer healthy, low-cost people than expected, more people with chronic health issues. That's the reason it went up. The question was whether this was a one-time adjustment or the start of a death spiral in which higher premiums would drive healthy Americans out of the market, further worsening the mix, leading to even higher premiums, and so on. And the answer is that it looks like a one-shot affair. In other words, these This spike in premiums occurred. It's likely a one-time huge spike in premium to adjust in such a manner that uh, because we now know after these many years what the mix of people are going to be. Krugman then explains why Republicans must repeal the law and why they must do it quickly. And it goes as follows. Republicans Republican congressional leaders like Paul Ryan nonetheless seem eager to push ahead with repeal. In fact, they seem to be in a great rush, probably because they're afraid that if they don't unravel health reform in the very first weeks of the Trump era, rank and file Republicans of Congress will start hearing from constituents who really, really don't want to lose their insurance. That's where you come in, folks. That's why you have to act on day one. That is why you start have you start you have to start banging on these congressmen and women, banging on them on the phones, banging on them with faxes, banging on them with emails, because that is the one thing they fear that you find out that they are about to screw their constituency, and that just like how that the Tea Party was successful with that in getting much of the Obama plans obliterated. So can you be if you become an ally of the Trump voter and you together, you make the point that you're not in there for love. You're in there for your common interest. And both of you get on the phone. In fact, it would be great if some of you go grab a Trump voter that that sees the light 
and say, let's make this phone call together. One says, I'm a Clinton voter. The other one says, I'm a Trump voter. And we both, we both hate the idea that you're going to repeal this. And if you do, we will go on we will go on social media, we will go on TV, we will go on radio together, the Trump voter and the Clinton voter, and say, this is not what we want. A lot more effective than just a progressive voter out there going and say, hey, we don't like this. Hell, we know that. Think about strategy. Think about strategy. How can we best work together for the common good of us all? That is what it's all about. And that is what we can do. Doesn't matter that it's all Republicans out there because you know what? They still want to be elected and they need to be elected because the plutocracy, even if it doesn't get all that it wants, it wants to get some. And it'll only get some if the right people are there and elected. So let's, let's, let's be smart about this, my dear, my dear listeners, friends, everybody else. Why do the Republicans hate health care reform? And that is the deal. Some of the answer is that Obamacare was paid for in part with taxes on the wealthy. Remember all those stocks when they sell their stocks in the stock gains? Taxes went up on that. Remember the, the, there are certain uh, uh, Medicare taxes that went up, of course, on high-paying people. All, this is what we got to do, folks. Anyway, continue. Why do the Republicans hate the, re- the health care reform bill? Some of them I in mean, law. Some of the answer is that Obamacare was paid for in part, in part, with taxes on the wealthy who will reap a huge windfall if it's repealed, even as many middle-income families face tax hikes. More broadly, Obamacare must die previous precisely because it's working, showing that government action really can improve people's lives. That is anathema to to the Republican ideology or I should say to the Republican mythology, a truth they don't want anyone to know. According to the Republican ideology, the Republican mythology is that government doesn't work. We the people are dumb. We the people of the government, somehow we can't work. We can't come together and effect something. That has to end, and that is what we have to prove to others. Obamacare is on the cusp of proving that, not just Obamacare, but Obamacare transitioning into something better. And they all knew, like I wrote several years ago, Obamacare is but the entry point to single-payer system in this country and true universal health care. We couldn't get it at once, but we can get it one step at a time. Sadly, folks, the most of us, as most of us know, Krugman understands that Republican will, Republicans will then use the media to blame the pain and this, this location on Obamacare repeal even as all the numbers show it working, albeit with some hiccups because it is not yet a single-payer healthcare system. I wrote the following in my article a couple of days ago titled, Obamacare Repeal, GOP Plot to Give Your Savings to the 1%. Obamacare Repeal, and I said the following, Obamacare Repeal does not only affect those using Obamacare exchanges. And this is where the commonality between you and the Trump voter as well can come in. Because a lot of the Trump voters think the following. And as much as half, a lot of them are in Obamacare, there are the others that have voted for him as well that think, well, I want to get rid of Obamacare because somehow it won't affect me. And at the same time, it will reduce my taxes. False. Let's remember to let these folks know that Obamacare wasn't just for the poor, wasn't just for the, uh, the independent worker who needed to buy health care on the open market. It was also for the employee, the average employee. In other words, if you work for Exxon or anybody else, Obamacare protected you as well. And how did it do that? It ensured that women didn't have to pay a higher rate for insurance. It ensured that you couldn't be rescinded from the policy if something catastrophic happened to you. It also ensured that you as a person could never reach some false limit. And then the insurance company said, okay, you are covered no more because your bills were simply too high. It prevented bankruptcy in a whole lot of cases, not all of them, because again, it's not a single payer system in which a lot of these things are generally mitigated. But Obamacare worked and it solved those particular problems. So I continue it. 
I say health insurance isn't like buying. Uh, uh, let me let me start that read again. It says Obamacare repeal does not only affect those using Obamacare exchanges; it affects absolutely everyone. Health insurance isn't like buying a car where you can shop around for the best price on a model, choose a cheaper model, or choose none at all, given that one can use what public transportation. When one needs health care, they have one option: get health care. In other words. Healthcare does not belong on the free market. Healthcare does not belong in the, in, the, in the foibles of capitalism. Healthcare does not belong there. I write software, or, or I used to write software for a living before I went full-time as a political activist. That belong in capitalism. Why? Because people can have it or not have it. I can sell it on the open market, but if I don't sell it, it doesn't, it doesn't kill anybody. Not having healthcare kills people. It does not belong on the free market. It does not belong in private hands. In private hands, healthcare is extortion. Remember that. Healthcare in private hands is no better than extortion because it is something you must have. It is something you must have now. And because it is owned and, and owned by a limited amount of folks, only they can give it to you and only they profit from it. Healthcare in the private market is nothing more than extortion. Do remember that. And we have to get these terminologies right. The reason we must get these terminologies right is because unless we do it, people just don't see it. People just think, oh, I have choices. When you're sick, you have no choices. When you're sick and not independently wealthy, you have no choices. The Shah of Iran, he could come to the United States to get the best health care. He could go to Panama to get some other types of health care when he left Iran. Why? Because he had means. Most Americans simply don't have those means. But we do have means as a society because all the wealthy folks in this society, they didn't become wealthy by themselves. We were the widgets. We were the pawns. We were the sources of their income. So while they may think they made it, it is not theirs to have made solely. It is a combination of what we provided them to have allowed them to make what they made. So when they don't want to pay their taxes, when they think it is all theirs, it is not. Absent us, there's no them. Always remember your worth. Your worth. Our worth is much larger than society would want to make us know because once one understands their worth, the amount of wealthy people making money off of paper suddenly dwindles because no longer do we, we think the stockbroker is some, some person deserving of wealth. No longer is the banker who does absolutely nothing for society, we believe they're worth their wealth. No longer is just that person investing capital, and a lot of times ill-gotten capital, and deciding who will be winners and losers in the market. We would somehow think they deserve special treatment over that worker who works every single day. Worth. One of the biggest problems with Americans right now is that we do not understand our worth. One of the biggest problems of Americans right now is we must understand our worth. When you know you are worthy, when you know that society cannot exist without you, when you know that that millionaire could never possibly be a millionaire, absent what you provide, then your worth suddenly comes into the fold. And when your worth comes into the fold, you suddenly are able to demand more. You certainly then can demand what is rightfully yours. Those oil wells, they're not, they don't, those oil wells that are drilled on public lands, why is it? that just the investors in Exxon and all these others make the profits from that? Why is that not the commons? Why is that profit from all those well after expenses not going back into the United States Treasury? Why not? It is public land. But some, the wealthy who are able to own those stocks are the ones who are privy to those, to the wealth that belongs to us all, but you know, most people don't know these things. Most people are not aware of these things. Most people are not aware of their national worth, their personal worth. 
if we can just get there, if we can just get there, these politicians could never, ever do the things that they do to us all. They would never. So finishing the blog, Americans better get ready to fight or get again. Yet again, the poor and the middle class will be pilfered, denying them any access to financial independence or success. There is no choice. You have got to fight. I hope the message is heated and we start our fight right after the new year. So folks, tonight when the turn of the cent- or the turn of the, the, the clock comes and it's now and, it, and it's now the new year, be resolved that in this new year, we won't make this new year 2016. 2016 was a bad year. 2016, the Americans made some very bad decisions. 2016 is a year we can't get out of fast enough, but we can make 2017 a better year. Irrespective of it being controlled by an evil sect within the Republican Party, and I'm, my, my Republican friends, I'm not talking about you guys at all, but I'm talking about those in the know, those who know they are pilfering us or they are intent on pilfering you all. There's intent on pilfering you all. Folks, the telephone number, if you want to call in and have your voice on air as well, give me a call at 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. And of course, you can go ahead and keep giving me some um, giving me your points of view here on uh, Facebook Live. But I think my good friend John is here. John, come on in, my friend. How art thou doing this morning? And Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Egberto. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Talk to me, my brother. Yeah, excellent topic. You know, I've been uh, trying to bring this up for quite a while. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> so I really, you know, I know Bernie and Elizabeth Warren were planning on uh, having uh, – uh, demonstrations on the 15th that's really too late i mean that they really need to do this you know next week uh that i mean yeah because the votes i mean what the last thing i was reading uh from greg walden who's a republican uh, uh congressman uh out of out of oregon he uh he said it's gonna happen not not next week but the week after that the the week right. of the ninth they're gonna have the vote on that then and right. so we really need to to get people aware of this and I agree with you also uh about the trump voters and that's kind of hard for me to say because I wanna oppose you know most things that Trump uh, believes in, but the problem obviously with Trump, and I brought this up that that you know he is kind of a zealot figure because he's so insecure about everything that uh whenever he's uh around people he he does have the tendency to agree with them just because he doesn't want to to like get into a confrontation with some of these people, and you've seen it because he's walked back a lot of things. And right. so my my point is my point is is that you know we should really be focused on you know turning Republicans against Trump and Trump against Republicans because that's that is our that's how things are going to not get passed. Uh, and so in this case, you're talking about uh, having Trump uh, live up to his campaign promises that he's not going to cut Medicare, and I'm glad that Bernie's been talking about this for the last few weeks. Uh, and also, uh, you know, on the Russian uh, situation, we should be, you know, supporting McCain, and I hate to say this, Lindsey Graham and all the other people who are concerned about, you know, how uh, – our democracy is being hacked, and this isn't just right. happening in America. It's happening all over Europe. And so, right. you know, we need to stay stay true to our values, but, I mean, in some cases, our values, you know, may line up with, with some Republican. I think it's extremely rare Absolutely. cases. So, so yeah, I agree with you on that in that situation. Uh, so we this is something that's coming up very quickly and we need to to mobilize people as as soon as we can 
So uh, I agree. What, so let me tell you what all of us can do. What all of us can do, including those that are watching this. And by the way, folks, please remember: go ahead and like the page uh, uh, "Politics Done Right" with Egberto Williams on Facebook, because we're going to want to be in touch with you. We're going to want to be, and I don't mean harassing you or anything like that to spam. I'm just talking about when we have a message to tell you, you'll get a little thing on Facebook that says, hey, we're doing something. Go ahead and like the page, Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis. We need you to. And also, please go ahead and share this video because what we want to do is we want to be ready to mobilize in the first week of January because it is a must that we get mobilized. It is a must that, as, as the John just said, yes, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they're starting to... I think on the 15th, they're going to start with these rallies. But we need to do it before because what happens is uh, something is going to get passed and uh, they're going to have to make deals. And what we can do about them making deals is we can, uh, we can scare some of these guys up front. And, and, I, and what I mentioned earlier, for those, new, those people that are just coming on to Facebook now, I want you to hear this again. Uh, get, make friends with some Trump voters. Don't be, uh, forget about the animosity. What's done is done. What we need to do is find those commonalities among these folks now, and let's start doing things like making videos together. I'm a Trump voter. I'm a Clinton voter. We don't agree on a lot, but we agree that we must keep these particular plans. Let's start working for us. It is imperative that these guys divide folk, okay? That is how you get things done. You divide people, it works. Uh, there's a thread on, on, on Facebook Live talking about socialism that I'm going to want to tackle because... I really need to get involved in there later, but I want to finish off this topic, this particular topic with, uh, with John, uh, as far as uh, what Bernie and, and Elizabeth are going to be doing. But again, we have to get the Trump voter involved. So on your Facebook right now, your feed is filled up with a lot of progressive voters, um, likely. Make some friends with some Trump voters so that some of their stuff comes into your feed. That's the one bad thing about Facebook. You, trend, you tend to ally or get only the feeds of people of like minds, and we need to do a little bit better than that. Come on in, John. Okay. Uh, I just want to address something that our friend Lado is bringing up, saying how, uh, you know, uh, let me see what is the exact quote. Oh, yeah. They also know that health care is – government health care is dangerous to our freedom. Well, you know, the – you know, I, I, you know, this guy works for a data company, and so I mean, he should know that all the data, you know, that's coming out says just the opposite. That people are extremely happy with their Medicare coverage. I'm not saying it's perfect. I've had some issues with it myself, uh, you know, with my mother. But I mean, it is it is a very very popular program. Just as Social Security is a very popular program, at least eighty percent of the people you know find it extremely popular. And so, what they're trying to do is take away the ACA, take away uh, Medicare, take away uh, Social Security, and turn Medicare into a block grant. Uh, make it more like the ACA. Actually, is what they're trying to do. And, uh, you know, I mean, we need to, to, you know, eventually we need to go to single payer. But right now we're playing defense and we need to, 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 uh, you know, try to stop this. And this is, you know, this, these programs are massively popular, even Medicaid, which, you know, helps the poorest of the poor, which I'm extremely supportive of. And and I know you are too, because that's helped the most people who need it the most. That's my objective. I want the people who need it the most to get, to get the coverage. But I mean, all of these popular, all of these programs are extremely popular. I mean, even Medicaid has a 60% approval rating. So I mean, you know, they're they're going to do this if they continue to do this. You know, they are going to face such a massive backlash. And you're right. I mean, you're right that all of these people, uh, you know, right now, you know, a lot of uh, people who who voted for Trump or you know, they don't really understand how severe Trump re- right. Trump's rhetoric is and the Republican uh, rhetoric. I, I so, want to jump in here but it's going to come. It's going to hit them in the face. You know, just just I, like I, all I of Trump's here, crazy though, comments. John, I want to jump in here because it's important. Because what you said is very important. When they do this, when they privatize uh, Medicare, when they privatize Medicaid, when they privatize Social Security, when they do all these things, right, 
Uh, it's, it is done. Here's my problem, right? These guys at this point in time do not mind after they've done the work of the plutocracy to get voted out. Because a lot of these guys, the plutocracy will reward them for their vote. I mean, after all, if they privatize Social Security, the financial sector is going to be awash in money to play with, and that is their intent. They want The reason they talk about privatizing Social Security is not to make things better for the Social Security recipient. It is to make things better for the investing, the investing folk. Why do they want that? Because they now have more money to play with. Remember, they make money from playing with money. They produce nothing of value. They produce nothing for the American citizen. So you give more money to the, the, the titans of finance from Social Security, from Medicare, and all these things by privatizing. They have money to play with. They make a profit on a percentage of these billions and billions of dollars that come into their fold. Now, that a lot of these guys who vote, that the services they provide, remember now, as investors then, their, their goal has to be to limit the amount of services they provide with that amount of cash that they have now because they want to maximize the value for the investors, not the benefit of the Social Security recipient. So therefore, what happens? What happens is their sole opera, modus operandi is to ensure that people get less, not because they want people to get less, but because they, they have a fiduciary responsibility to those you know, who are investors in the companies who will be investing the Social Security monies of the people. Americans just don't get that because the, the concept is so foreign. It is so foreign. And the same goes with, with ins- private insurance. You know what I think about private insurance, right? They, their, their model, the model of private insurance is to deny coverage, right? In other words, the more coverage I can deny is the better it is for my investors. And that is their fiduciary responsibility. So, I mean, it's not that it's, it is not that they personally are evil. I personally think to have a job that way is evil. But it's not that they're personally evil. It's that the mechanics of capitalism dictate that they do that. That works perfectly in other domains. As a software developer, as a business owner in my software field, that is fine. But when I'm working with things that concern human beings, the well-being of human beings, it is absolutely evil. So therefore, uh, and this is where I want to touch on, a, uh, there's a socialism thread going through on the um, inside of the Facebook Live feed. And by the way, if you want to come on here, folks, remember the number is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. For folks, Socialism doesn't occur in some abstract. All of our major competitors, all of the people we do business with, all the people we praise are socialist countries. Germany, France, England, Canada, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland. These are all countries that we always talk about. They're democracies. Remember, democracy has nothing to do with socialism, capitalism, or communism. I know that sounds funny. Okay, I know that sounds like that doesn't make any sense, Egberto. It is true. The only reason it doesn't make any sense is by design you are taught to fear socialism as something that's gonna that is somehow gonna take away your freedom. You notice Dan Leno talks about I don't have my freedom. We all have a balance of freedom versus society. Society means you have given up your individual freedom for the betterment of us all in a society. So therefore, the question is how much freedom do we trade for our best well-being? That is what we talk about when we talk about socialism. How much freedom do we exchange for our well-being? And here is the deal. The, the deal that most countries, most democratic socialist countries, which we are also one, just not as much as, let's say, Denmark, is that they say the following. When it comes to health care, when it comes to education, where it comes to the, the commons, we believe in a socialist model that says together we all pay for this and together those in need extract from it. That's the socialist model. Then we have the capitalist side of our country that says, but in order for us to get a whole lot of stuff done, competition actually is a good thing because if you do something and I want to get seen in the market, I have to try to make my thing a little bit better so that I can open a market for myself. 
And when I open that market, competition sort of keep that thing going. Competition is good, but you have to have a break. You have to have the correct balance. And there are many countries in Europe who have that correct balance. There are many countries in Europe who the downturn in 2008 didn't affect the population as it did here in the United States. One of the reasons other countries like Denmark are much more happy, people are not stressed like we are. By the way, I, work, I, I, I do, my, do another show at KPFT 90.1 FM, and I brought in reporters from Finland and Norway, and I've had them on the show before where they've spoken about how things work. And the idea of a mother not having to worry about whether her baby will be born appropriately because of health care, the idea of somebody being able to start a company because they know that their health care is taken care of makes them a much more pr- productive person. You know, we can talk about America being the most productive country in the world. False. We are now the largest service country in the world. We're no longer the greatest manufacturer in the world. Why? Because the, the things that require that are not there. So the, the, don't knock. When you talk about socialism on, uh, with other folks, talk it in the appropriate context. There's a, I mean, talk, talk about it as a tool. It has nothing to do with your democracy. It has nothing to do with your absolute freedom. It has everything to do with making society better for us all. And I tell you what, going forward, we're going to have a lot to talk about because with automation coming, we need to start talking about reducing the work week to 20 hours so that more people can be employed. And at the same time, uh, the, the, the super wealthy doesn't grab up all of society because we, the peons, created the tax system that educated the engineer, the doctors, and everybody else. These, the, some, some industrialist or some investor took the knowledge base that all of us paid for to automate us all. And as we get automated, all people are out of work and the spoils go to the top. What was their investment? And this is where I talk about knowing your worth and educating ourselves. I know we're talking Obamacare, but all of this falls into into the same domain. And I want to explain this again for those people out here. When you went to school in this country, when you went to the university in this country, all of us, all of us paid taxes to support that system. All of us paid taxes to increase this country's knowledge base. A part of this knowledge base came with automation, or out of this knowledge base came automation, how to do things more efficiently. How to, how to have robots do things, how to have computers do things. That's what happened as we got more intelligent. The bastions of finance, the titans of finance, because of the structure of capitalism in this country, were able then to automate things and then get rid of the workers that would normally have done the things that automation created. In doing so, It meant a whole lot more profit margins were created, which migrated directly up to those people who invested into those companies that created that. But we have to remember the knowledge base from that came from us all. To have the wealthy monopolize on the profits out of our knowledge base is anathema itself to freedom. It is yet another form of pilfer. But it's not explained that way. The way our country works is we think the ultimate here is the investor who creates value and somehow needs to be rewarded. That is false. It is you who creates value that the investor exploits and in that exploitation then allows you to be worthless. It's a different thought process that you're not given. It is a different thought process. The plutocracy the, the depends on you being uninformed. The plutocracy needs you to be uninformed so that you do not see how you have been the one. The automation that's, that's there, you created. The wealth that that guy has received from the excessive profits from the automation was done by you. You. Therefore, we must change our structure in this country, not to penalize the investor, but to ensure that the investor puts it back into society 
and not only puts it back into society, but that also ensures, also ensures that these benefits from automation, which means efficiency, reflects all the way back to all humanity, which means a shorter working week. Not that we have to hold on to one or two more low-paying jobs, that we have high-paying jobs, very high-paying jobs, at a much lesser amount of time, which says the following. Why don't we all benefit from the automation that we are responsible for creating based on our knowledge and as such can spend more time with our families and not instead reward the exploitative nature of those who see automation as a matter to get themselves more wealthy? This is not rocket science. This is about worth. This is about how do we assert our worth? How do we know our worth and understand that it is us, the populace, the masses, that actually get things done in this country? And those that purport to be the, to the, to be the titans of finance, those that purport to be the ones that create, they create nothing. It is the mechanism that they've used to exploit that which others have created. It is imperative that we understand that. And I'm not trying to demean them. I demean them when they take all the spoils. If their spoils are reinvested back into the system, by all means, everything is fine. Okay, Bo Campbell says, the power and wealth is being stolen as we speak. The speculation of real estate by the bank's and multinationals have gutted our country. Exactly. That is what's known as unfettered capitalism. So for those who think unfettered capitalism is some sort of freedom, they're wrong. Unfettered capitalism is a new form of slavery. And until we understand that, unfettered capitalism is the new slavery. It is a slavery that one must understand how it works. It isn't with whips anymore. And Egberto does not seem to understand the concept of individuals. It is clear that he thinks only in terms of groups. Sadly, you're wrong, my dear friend, Mr. Ledo. I do understand individualism. I also understand that not one of the people listening to my voice right now thinks about individualism as many would like one to think about, or that even you couldn't live with that individualism that you speak about. That individualism that you speak about is non-existent. It cannot exist in our society today. You cannot grow your own food. You cannot, you cannot make your own car. You cannot live on a plot of land on your own and take all, the, all that can happen on its own and take that and survive. We've evolved from individualism and in the process of evolving from individualism we've become a lot more reticent we've become a lot more uh, resilient we've become a lot more powerful we can accomplish a whole lot more so folks do not listen the freedom and individualism that a lot of folks in the plutocracy and a lot of other people put out there is is one to control your mind it is for you to think that somehow liberals progressives want to take away yourself of being yourself, what you can do all on your own. Here's a sad reality. There's not much any of us can do on our own. I'm doing this radio program right now, this Facebook Live program. Thank you, all of you people out there, all of you listening, all of your forefathers who are listening. Thank you for having paid the taxes that allowed Motorola and and, and Apple to create this this, uh, system that allowed me to put myself on your computer screen. Thank you for all those guys who have allowed the technologies and the universities to have created this microphone that is used to get my voice over to you. Thank you for giving, for paying your taxes for the knowledge that allows me to have this laptop, that allows me to have a complete radio show, visual and audio across the world because of you, because of what you've done because you decided that paying taxes in a group allowed that. And you know what? 
Daniel Ledeau should be thanking you as well as a group that you didn't become individual, that you decided that, yes, there are certain things we should, there are certain things we must do together. And in that, in that, we've made a better society. A society like this could not, have, uh, uh, could not have occurred otherwise. Come on in, John, and make your final point before we shut this baby down. Okay. Uh, I, I just want to, when you're talking about automation, I think we should really, you know, uh, fight against automation just like we fought against free trade because essentially they're, they're very similar in the fact that the money will go to the top. With free trade, you have the owners of corporations uh, and you know the the top people getting the money from shifting. Uh, you know, people let's say in China who are making whatever uh, you know uh, less than two dollars a day uh, to to people who in America were making these products that were making let's say you know ten fifteen dollars a day you know thirty years ago. Uh, the same thing is with automation. I think we should would really really fight back against automation. One of the things that they talk about with self driving cars is that you know all of the the truckers on the road they're all going to be out of a job soon. Yes, they and are. I think we really should be be talking about you know actually not John, not in, you know having. John, before because we're short on time, I got your point, but I want to I want to kind of uh, give back a, a fight back a little bit on that to tell you this. I don't want to fight automation. I don't want to fight progress. What I want to ensure is now after automation, and I think, I don't know if you missed when I said this earlier, with automation comes efficiency. And with efficiency, it means that people should be working much less at much higher wages so that they can do better and work with their families. In other words, there is a, there is a cost for automation, but there's also a benefit. And what I'm saying is the government can, and that's what we the people can do. We can say, okay, the trade-off with automation is everybody still has a job, but everybody works less, and that's what I'm talking about. I don't want to stop right. technology. That's what I'm talking about, John. Yeah, I mean, in Germany, that that's already the case. I mean, of course, right. you know, also in Germany, if you if you don't have a job, you know, you you get paid, you know, and so. But I mean, the the idea is that that people work, you know, 30 hours a week. And so if everybody's working 30 hours a week, there's going to be less unemployment. So right. I mean, I understand that, that, that process, but I, I still think that we, we need to, you know, I don't think we should just give up and, and to, to just say, you know, this is that the automation is going to happen and that's the end of it. I think that we should be talk, be fighting against automation to some degree uh, and just because all it does is 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 send money to the top and makes working class people, you know, uh, it makes I, them harder to you. find jobs. I hear you, John. Again, I want you to hear what I said, and that is, you are absolutely correct that it takes jobs away. And what I'm saying is, what I want to ensure is to mitigate that it doesn't transfer the the, the efficiency generated by us all. Because if you listen to my narrative, we are the ones who paid for that automation. We should, we should be rewarded by that. And our reward is to ensure that all the profits doesn't go to the top, but get taxed so that it comes back to the people at higher wages, etc. But John, give me a quick 30-second closer. All right. I uh, just want to say Happy New Year to everybody listening, and uh, just let's not forget about about Bernie's, you know, great achievement in 2016. It was the greatest um, uh, moment of my political life, and uh, continue to follow our revolution, fight Trump, fight against, uh, overturn the ACA, Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Thank you very much, John. Folks, thank you so kindly for listening to this show. Please do remember, go ahead and like the page, Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis. We need to increase our, our listenership. And also, please remember to visit politicsdoneright.com. Let's get busy. Remember, we have a lot of work to do. Not according to when John says we need to start before the 15th. We are absolutely right. What can you do right now? Find Trump voters that you like, that you can talk to. You don't have to agree on everything. I speak to everybody. I love people, whether they're Trump voters or otherwise. Speak to them. Let's go ahead and make them allies. Let's go ahead and make combined videos with these guys and say, I'm a Trump voter. I'm a Clinton voter. I don't, I don't want Obamacare repealed. I don't want privatization of Medicare. Let's do all these things that are important. 
We are people and we work together. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful New Year. Happy New Year, my dear friends on Blog Talk Radio. Now, my friends here on Facebook Live, um, let me tell you that um, we're, uh, I want you to go ahead and share these videos. Please also not only share the videos, but I'd love if you go ahead and ensure and encourage people to like the page Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis. What we want to do, we have a lot of work to do back in 2017. As uh, John was saying on, on our Blog Talk Radio show earlier, what we have to do is we have to start contacting our Congress people now. We have to let them know that we're not just only Clinton voters. So also share this to your Trump voters. And don't worry about them saying, oh, pinkle, liberal, all that kind of stuff. I'll speak to them nicely and all that good stuff. Let's go ahead and start building the momentum that is necessary to fight what is about to be done to um, not only liberals, but what's about to be done to our conservative friends, to our uh, anarchist friends, to our every, everyone or our friends are going to be hurt by the policies that Paul Ryan is trying to put out there. We have to do something about it, and we have the power to do something about it. So Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. Share the videos. Like the page. Love you all. Happy New Year.